Welcome back to History List. We tend not to think of Leonardo da Vinci as an author, and rightly so. But the collection of his notebooks provides a glimpse into the mind of the ideal Renaissance man, and provides an interesting lens by which to consider his legacy. This concept of the well-rounded genius defines our view of da Vinci. But first, what is the Renaissance, and how did da Vinci become its symbol? The modern notion of the Renaissance comes in large part from a Swiss historian, Jacob Burkhardt. His 1860 work on the subject is increasingly challenged, for some historians now question whether the Renaissance even existed, or if it is just a way of packaging a more complex story for young, naive students, that really there was a more gradual transition from the Middle Ages to the modern. On that side of the argument, is the consideration that the time period in question lasted for hundreds of years, and that culture radically changed during that time. Second is the certainty that the Italian Renaissance of da Vinci, Michelangelo, Petrarch, and Brunelleschi was a rarefied air indeed. Only the most upper crust had any idea there was a Renaissance on at all. The peasants of Europe didn't get the invite. This does not disprove the Renaissance existence, but certainly challenges its influence. Thirdly, and perhaps most important, the defining notion of humanism shifted over the times in question. The early Renaissance was interested in learning about the ancient Romans, Italy after all, and Greeks. One wonders what effect living in the shadow of the ruined Colosseum must have had on their perceptions of self-worth. Scholars sought out and translated what texts they could find hold away in monasteries of the continent. This led, perhaps not surprisingly, to emulation. So we enter a period of Italian architecture and art that is interested in copying the classical. But then there's a shift, and humanism creeps in, and these wealthy elites and artists actually start thinking they could be better than the noble ancients, that their contemporary innovations could supersede the past's knowledge and greatness. It is at this juncture we encounter da Vinci. The first great Renaissance painter, Masaccio, was already dead nearly a quarter of a century when da Vinci is born in 1452. The great innovative architect Brunelleschi was dead when Leonardo was only a boy, almost ten years before he'd begin his notebooks and paintings. In this already rich artistic and innovative climate, da Vinci's incredible talents were given the best conditions to thrive, and in contrast to many people's understanding of the Renaissance spreading out of Italy to influence the north, it was actually a painting technique from the Netherlands with oil that took hold down south in Italy when young da Vinci was completing his apprenticeship. Furthermore, he traveled throughout Italy, was appointed to the court of Milan from his native Florence, and eventually died in France in 1519. So his fame spread further than most. So what do da Vinci's famous notebooks contain? Most importantly, his drawings. Many are well known to us already from seeing them so often. His Vitruvian Man, the fetus in womb, the impractical helicopter. From these notebooks came his iconic paintings, the Mona Lisa, most notably, 
which stands as the first personal portrait in the Western world, his study of anatomy, of machinery, of flight, his interest in mapping and topography, it all comes through in his brilliant notebooks. This is the well-rounded genius of the Renaissance we've come to revere, the prototypical Renaissance man who was as at home in the domains of science as painting, studying optics of the eye or creating the Last Supper. Not surprisingly, when he writes, he often talks about drawing and painting. Sometimes, though, his margin notes and offhand comments are entertaining enough to be included as wisdom beyond how to draw convincing perspective and shade properly. This brings forth another question. Given the amount of instruction contained therein, who were the notebooks intended for? A friend of da Vinci's, one Francesco Melzi, inherited the writings upon the great painter's death. Over the years, after Melzi's own death, the works were sold. Some were hoarded, some compiled in a form fit to be published. From this, it seems clear that the notebooks were not intended to be studied by anyone but Leonardo, and perhaps his close friends. We will return to the Renaissance in a later episode, but for now, we leave da Vinci, the polymath of the Italian city-states, to return our focus of our next episode on the expansions of Spain in the New World, with Cortez's invasion in 1521. Next time on History List. <laughs>